What is up, Mets fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets Up Podcast. Can you say sweep? Sweep. Sweep. Swept the Phillies. You know that I really hate that team. Just loathe Philadelphia as a whole. Not a big fan of the city, but it feels great to sweep the Phillies at home. Eight straight wins at home for the Mets now. Playing some good baseball. Just really just showed we're a better team than the Philadelphia Phillies. I feel like that's exactly what happened this series. As you guys know, we'll go through and talk about everything that happened in this three-game series. Before we do, make sure you guys are following us on all our social media, at MetsDup, M-E-T-S-D-U-P, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're looking for the YouTube version, go to the New York Mets YouTube channel and subscribe over there. And if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, drop us a rating, review, download, and subscribe. James, sweep, and another game that James Shiano is in attendance for, another win. Did you get your selfie today? I didn't do the selfie today. I don't want to overdo the selfie mm. thing because you can't, I can't make that like that much of a bit. Yeah. I, I go to a lot of games. Can't you make do. that many yeah. selfies. Yeah, this is, I think it's my 14th game of the year. So, I, But it, I think I'm now 13-2 and two in the ballpark. It's pretty good. Which is unbelievable. I didn't calculate the Mets record I'm out of the ballpark, but they won two games without me earlier this week too. Played the Phillies again. Basically, the, it felt like the first time I played them in a calendar year, and we were... Picked up exactly where we left off last April and May when we completely pulverized the Phillies for two straight months, every, almost every other week. And just we kind of left the series feeling like this is a team now that you got to still play them again in two weeks. Of course. Still got to go to Philadelphia and take them there. But this is a team that you can kind of feel like when you look at the National League, everything's starting to come into focus a little bit better. I think we could say that as long as we everyone does their job, we're better than this team. 100%. I mean, we, me and you have a lot of conversations off camera that we don't get to talk about. A lot of it has to do with the Mets and the Phillies because there's there's been a lot of back and forth of just where where we think this team could be, where they're going. And with Trey Turner playing as poorly as he has to start the year, they really can't do much. No, and these we were separated by one game in the loss column on Mon on Tuesday. Yeah. So this was an important series. Whichever, whichever way it went, it could have changed a lot. In fact, now we picked up three full games on them. We sent them to 25 and 31, oh. which is amazing. And another thing important about just this series, looking at the Mets' schedule as a whole, we've talked a lot about the fact that the Mets had – a bit of an imbalanced schedule where they play a lot more road games earlier in the season than yeah. home games. And the Mets are a great home team. 15-9 and nine home so far this year. It's a great record. Which is pretty unbelievable. But they've played nine more road games. We have nine games in hand at City Field where we've been playing incredible baseball, best, and especially over the last month, the best baseball I've played the whole season. I mean, I feel like they did that last year, too. I feel like they've just been – this this group of guys has been really, really strong at home. And, they, I mean, the eight-game win streak is going to help, too, with eight straight at home, which is just – it's fantastic. It's so nice when they're playing. I love being happy and talking to you guys, especially a sweep of the Phillies. means a little bit more to me. I know we have some Philly fans who hate watch this, so I'm glad that you have to hate watch this one and hear about the sweep over and over again because I'm not going to stop. Oh, but we've got Philly announcers hate watching too because they hate the Mets. Those guys hate the Mets. Can you believe? A lot of moaning and groaning, whining. This, can, team, this team is defending pennant champions. They're whining. Can you believe? I will say, the Phillies fans themselves don't like the one announcer, I believe it was Ben Davis, who was whining about... Francisco Lindor's throw to first on the double play from the line drive from Edmundo Sosa. I mean, the guy was running to second base, and Francisco Lindor's like, I'm just going to get the ball over there because he's not running back. He was saying it's unsportsmanlike, act professional. I was like, this is genuinely one of the biggest reaches I've ever seen of an announcer whining and complaining. Like, you get the bat flip announcers that whine and all that, but a throw? Unprofessional throw? There's probably also a lot of that that's the Phillies trying to, like, swing back for last year how... Uh, how like mean Keith was basically about the way they play baseball and their defense. <laughs> Definitely, and him trying to like get a shot back in the Mets, but like this Lindor guy, all these amazing plays he makes. Shame he doesn't respect the game. It's, it's like, all right, come on, <laughs> make a professional throw. I mean, yeah. what do you 
think a professional throw even looks Especially like. Especially as the two players in the Phillies who were involved in that specific play, if you guys didn't see it, where like it was a soft line drive and doubled off guy off first. Like the guy at the batter's box didn't even flinch. No. Didn't even move. Again, it was a line drive, but like there was no there was no effort exerted than no. any, any player in the Phillies that play either. And Bryson Stott just stood on second, he's like, You got me. I mean, yeah. what do you want me to do? So I mean, great, great stuff. Great stuff. I love when yeah. we can sweep them and get the Philadelphia people mad as well. Just we just also have to say, we say that every every episode of this podcast, starting pitching. Is, is the most important part of this team. <laughs> so important. In the three games this year against the Phillies, before we start getting into game by game, Mets pitchers went 20 innings, gave up 12 hits, two earned runs, two walks, 22 strikeouts. What's the stat that everyone's throwing around Twitter? That when the Mets I, pitchers yeah. go six innings or more. When they complete, when a Mets pitcher completes six innings this year, the team has not lost a game. They are 16-0. It's pretty good. And courtesy of Mike Mayer, that is the longest single-season streak since the Houston Astros won 17 straight in 2021 when their pitchers completed six innings. It's a good year for the Astros, yes. so. Yeah, pretty good year for the Astros. Ah, 2021. Well, they still win a lot of games. Yeah, but it wasn't was a great year for the Astros. That was that was one of the Astros' years where they just un- weirdly lost a World Series to a bad National okay. League team. I mean, that happened. Yeah, oh, that's happened yeah. twice. Yeah. yeah, it happens. Two times the Astros have blown World Series against bad teams, but we digress. No, it's amazing. Just starting pitching, comes together. And this is even a series where you only got one of Scherzer and Verlander. Scherzer, yeah. of course, pitched great, but I guess now to get into the series now, Tuesday night, Kodai Sanga through his best game of his career. Probably, and this is like the third time we've said this now about Sanga, <laughs> the best game a Mets pitcher has pitched all season. Yeah. It was beautiful to watch. He was dominant from the get-go. And I mean, also shout out Kodai Sanga for literally saying this in his like first ever press conference in the Mets or whatever it was, first few questions I ever got asked. The National League East is loaded. Who are you excited to face? Who are some guys you're looking forward to? He straight up said the Phillies. He was like, I want to face the Phillies. Now, whether or not that's because they had some star power on their team with guys like Bryce Harper and Trey Turner and JT Ramuto, that probably is it. Yeah. But also at the same time, maybe he knew a little something that he's like, the Phillies can't touch me. I mean, they really didn't touch him either. Like, Sanga, this game, it was interesting to see because he really simplified his repertoire yeah. for the first time in a while. And there's been a lot talked about, like, the way sequencing his pitches, what he's throwing when, where he's throwing it. In this game, it was really just a lot of 98-mile-an-hour fastballs and ghost forks. This was the highest percentage of ghost forks he'd thrown in any start this season, dating back to his first of the year. Made them look foolish on yeah. the ghost fork. Like, it was, it was, we've seen the ghost fork a, a bunch of times now. It seemed like that was the nastiest it's been all year. And I think that was a big reason he even made this switch to throw more. Like, I don't think this was a preordained plan. Could be wrong. Maybe, not, yeah. Not, yeah, not part of the meetings, but... It seemed like, because he didn't change the zone rate of it at all, and like the, the swing rates were basically the same. It was just the fact the Phillies couldn't touch it. They kept swinging at it, they kept taking their shots at it, and they couldn't get near it. It's 12 whiffs on the pitch, it was ridiculous. Four-seamer also, he was like really keeping it low in the zone too yeah. and tunneling it off the ghost forks. That pitch kind of looked exactly the same until it got there. And a new wrinkle from Kodai Sanga in this start, he seemed to be throwing a new slider here. Okay. And then I got that little tidbit. I kind of noticed it on the pitch tracking of Baseball Savant, but caught the tidbit courtesy of Lance Brozdowski, friend of mine. He does his pitch info, a little write-ups every single day on Twitter. He works okay. for the Cubs Network, WGN. He's a really good analyst. And what he was throwing is what's technically called a gyro slider. So it's not like a normal slider that you hold it like a slider and it slides like across the strike zone like we're used to. A gyro slider really doesn't move horizontally at all and just drops down. But it's not dropping down like a hammer curveball where it's like toppling over. Mm. It's going like this. Like it's moving like a football and it's falling down. The pitch would be going straight if gravity didn't exist, but it's like going like this with the laces. So the gravity's dropping it down further. That's kind of what the gyro slider means. So it, it makes the hitters think it's a slider coming out of a hand because it has a sideways spin, but then it drops like a curveball. Huh. So it, that's why it kind of messes with hitters. It's kind of the opposite iteration of the sweeper that's going crazy. And he threw this pitch, Sanga, like kind of in reverse of how he was using sweepers in earlier mm. starts this year. And he's thrown that sweeper less and less the last few weeks. 
I shot that a few weeks ago. He was throwing at first pitch a lot because he was just dropping it in. But while the pitch gets good movement, it seems like it's so new to him. He doesn't really have the command of it just yet. And something else that's cool, that gyro slider has almost the exact same movement profile as the ghost fork, <laughs> with a different spin direction and a few mile an hour is faster. So okay. it's a little bit harder for those hitters to pick up. And he was using it a little more often in the zone than the ghost fork. And I think that was a really good foil for it. No, I'm happy you picked up on that because, I mean, I was in between. I would shout the softball team, Team Free Agents, out in the Brooklyn Softball League. We got our first win. Coincidentally, also the first time the Mets had won while we had been playing softball. So mm -hmm. good things happened all around. Big mercy for the boys. But, uh, yeah, so I was in between, you know, in the field and stuff. Couldn't catch every single pitch of Senga. So that's interesting that he picked up on the slider because, yeah. I mean, everything that he was throwing was looking filthy. And he looked like he just completely dominated the Phillies hitters. They didn't know what was coming. He kept them off balance. I mean, they have... They have really good hitters. Shout out to not playing Bryce Harper. Appreciate yeah, that, that in game that cool. one. Yeah. But, like, I mean, Trey Turner, JT Ramuto, Castellanos, who has been coming into the series hot, I feel like really didn't even do much. No, and Sango throwing that cutter a lot, too, which is becoming a good pitch. And StatCast was confusing, I think, the cutter and the slather a little bit, so I want a few more starts to populate so we yeah. can see more, like, spin movement data. But just seeing it, just, like, that nice drop with the confusing spin, I thought that was a good note. And got some notes from John, too, just about how much hitters have been struggling against Sango in general this year. Against uh, Exavilo against on the season is under the league average of 88 miles an hour. Nice. Opponents are just hitting 100 against the Ghost Fork this year. It's still just the one hard hit ball. It's pretty good. Last game, Say Suzuki. That's going to be a tip in the cap for him. 22 whiffs by Sanga were the most by a Met any game this year. And Sanga's 70 strikeouts to his first major league, 10 major league starts, the third most by any Japanese born pitcher ever. Wow. And. Big thing now going on with Sanga, new narrative, yeah. 1.2 ERA at home. Second best by any pitcher at home in baseball. Yeah, no, I mean, he's been really, really good at home. We've been lucky that we've been able to come to a lot of his games and yeah. be able to watch him pitch. Wish I was at there yeah, that no. game because, like we said, it's, it's one of the best ones, maybe the best start of his entire career. No walks, that's the big thing. Seven innings, one base runner, and that one base runner was like a bloop single that dropped barely in front of Tommy Pham. Big time Tommy. Big time Tommy, OS for life. OS for life. Keep that's the old school way. I gotta yeah. correct you guys on something real quick. The oh, hit slider. Us. It's uh, it's a Euro slider. Oh, Euro. Yeah, it's true. Euro. Shout we, out are, Greeks. we are in Queens. Yeah, it's a Euro slider. Also, there was like a a little story about Francisco Alvarez that came out this week when the Mets had a rain out. The lasagna. Yeah, the lasagna about the lasagna. There was like and a rain Beatty. out. He invited Brett Beatty and Vientos over to his place to make them lasagna. We have a little inside info from a Venezuelan friend that apparently. The Venezuelan lasagna, or the way that they like to do it, is very similar to the Greeks. It's called pasticho, which if, if Francisco Alvarez make a pasticho, I mean, we might have to have a, a cook-off yeah, between the in. families or something. Yeah. <laughs> Open invitation for Francisco if he wants to make some lasagna content. I'm in. I'll have cheese that day. I'll have cheese. Yeah, do some cheese. I'll do some cheese that day. Be the drop the pit vipers. Wow. Wow. We're podcasting now. Uh, dude, these aren't just pit vipers. These are exclusively available at City Field this weekend. These are the Pete Alonzo sunglasses that you could get. I believe on Sunday. Yes, okay. we're looking June fourth against the Blue Jays. You got the uh, Pete Alonso inspired neon sunglasses. It's pretty sharp looking, Vito. Thank you, man. You know I love my pitties. Oh, of course. Yeah, of you course. rock those things whenever but you get a chance. These are not pit vipers. There, there's a big difference between these. These are not pit vipers, and I don't want anybody to make that mistake. They're Pete Alonso inspired. Right. You guys got that? Not pit vipers. Vito, it's spring training. My <laughs> one of my favorite Vito things. You wait, left John. What's up? You can't talk. Why is that? The last episode, you didn't say anything, and we swept the the Phillies. Well, you guys didn't tell me that before we came on, so... <laughs> yeah, the, we had a conversation about it just before you arrived. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe you should have clued me in, and I would just stay silent. But instead, I'm going to tell my veto a little, right. little bit here. We knew. If, if, if the Mets go down this weekend, it's on you. That's fine. <laughs> I've never seen you so caring or emotional about the time you left your pink glasses in my hotel room. My pities. Whatever they're called. <laughs> You, this guy called me like three times, texted me. First of all, you also told me that like, 
you're not allowed to wear them? Is that you're not supposed to be wearing them? Look, somebody, uh, a very close person to me that I live with that I'm marrying later this year <laughs> yeah. really does not care for these sunglasses. So when I go away for a week, I'm wearing them a lot. Yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> and John, what time of day? I'm guessing this was at 2 or 3 a.m. that I was trying to get my glasses back. Gotta Why would you be up that late? Vibes, baby. <laughs> there was also was a lot of weird stuff going on in John's hotel room in spring training, so <laughs> we don't know. I think it was a ghost. There might have been a ghost or a... Uh, your brother. Not a ghost. Your brother's a he's a rough he's a rough character. This guy, <laughs> yeah, ghost yeah. fork. Yeah, oh, Josh, shout out my sister. My sister is live watching the podcast today. First woman ever be in the studio. Shout out Julia. What's good? Also watching the game together Tuesday night. Yeah, what's <laughs> <laughs> my sister had great insight in the Mets versus the Phillies. This oh series. yeah, we heard yeah. about this. Yeah, my sister said that the Phillies and you guys can contest this if we're wrong. Tweet us if you think we're wrong. Hit us up. The Phillies are cuter than the Mets. And she, she held to that statement. And it's disappointing to hear, but her, her, her case by case, I, I, it made a little bit of sense. Did you go Listen. one through nine in the lineups or around the diamond? What was your comparison? Around, around the diamond. Around the, so, she, yeah. Okay. She I made, think I could have won this. I mean, like, I, <laughs> I go deep on Mets hotties. <laughs> she basically said that Turner was the one that Trey Turner pushed over the edge of the field. The ladies love Trey. Yeah, they do. Southern Cali. He can't hit, though. Yeah, great. Can't hit. <laughs> Not right now. It's great that he can't hit right now. It's awesome. Yeah, you know who can hit Francisco Lindor. Yes. Hit a home run Tuesday night. I believe that was his, that time was his second homer in three games, right, yeah. John? Soon to be his third homer yes, in fourth game next day. Yeah. Brandon Nimmo also robbed a home run. He's gotten really, really good at timing up those those home run robberies because he, he timed that one perfectly on Nick Castellanos, made it look effortless. He also has gotten really good at the the fist pump after yeah, he showed does emotion. it. Yeah, showed emotion. We love to see that from Nimmo. Also grown out a little bit of a goatee this week, which uh, it's a new look for Nimmo. Dude, so ready. You guys weren't there that night, right? Tuesday night? No, playing softball. I have a confession to make. Oh, John. On the board. So whenever the Phillies come to town, we love there's a meme. Deep drive to left, of course. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. During that at bat, we were we put something up about it, and then Castellanos hit that ball, which was to the left of center (laughs) field. And the ball leaves the bat, and I immediately go, oh shit, over the headset. (laughs) And it's flying in midair. Johnny Curse. And then Brandon Nimmo saves my ass on that play. <laughs> it was ter- What are you doing? You can it's, on a podcast. There's a, lady <laughs> there's a lady in the room. Have Sorry. some respect. She's never cursed in front of you, right? Anyway. Never. Actually, never. Here's, here's another funny thing about my sister. My sister's never said a curse word in her life. That can't serious? be possible. I swear. I respect it. We Italian? I wouldn't bleep it out if you came over. Yeah. And you said your first the curse word voyage. into the mic to the people. <laughs> I wouldn't bleep it. I would let it fly. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> We've had moments where I'll like, like me and my mom will like corner her and like start tickling her and be like, say it, say it. Be like, say this, say that. I want to say it because I respect Vito much more than John does. She won't do it. She won't budge. My mom will like tickle her until she's literally like hysterical and red and she will not say a curse word. Gotta respect that. No, yeah. Any woman principal is respected. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Pretty Woman of faith. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. Oh, we have fun when we win, especially yeah. when we sweep. Oh, yeah, we do. So and much fun. Eduardo Escobar got a nice insurance run Tuesday night, yep. and Bullpen made smooth sailing. Eduardo's just been swinging a great bat. Yeah, ever since he's, 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 really he's just been great. That was lefty at bat, too. I know, that's big. Yeah, you know big. I love the righty swing. The lefty swing, if that comes around, yeah. ooh, Eduardo. Stop. Yeah, nice little poke it right through the hole. Yeah, just clean game. Yeah, clean, very clean game. Quick Good game. Uh, and the Mets win. So we move on to game two. Game two getting started off with Garrett Wilson in the house. Yeah. And as we know, my man, Brett Beatty, Garrett Wilson played a little football with each other. You guys probably know that because of us. Because yeah, we, 2020, November 2021, the Messed Up podcast, we broke that news. Went to the Arizona Fall League, talked to Brett Beatty, made the rest of his team wait on the bus for him yeah. so that they could talk to us. 
We got a great interview from it. We did. Uh, told us all about playing with Garrett Wilson. Went viral for us. It's like our most yeah. viewed clip ever. On TikTok, especially. On TikTok, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, got, it got like 800,000 on TikTok. Yeah. That was amazing. It's probably a good reason why he loves us so much still. Of course. Yeah. I mean, and, Brett, fan of the pod. Yeah, fan of the pod. And I mean, how cool is that, that these two dudes are professional like professional athletes, and they were like childhood friends. Marquee like, positions. together. Yeah. And it, it is funny because Garrett Wilson talks so much about how good Brett Beatty was at football. The fact that they played together, Pop Warner... And then Brett stopped for a few years to focus on baseball, also played some basketball, as you guys heard two years ago on our podcast. And then he came back in ninth grade, and they said he was the best quarterback within 200 miles. <laughs> yeah, it's a cra- crazy. <laughs> like, like, if Brett Bailey just like said, ah, okay, he could have been Division One quarterback easy. It's a good chance he'd be literally in the NFL right now. University of Texas, maybe, yeah. or something like that. <laughs> well, he was the incumbent there for baseball, too. Yeah. Flip side of that, Garrett Wilson throwing a baseball left a little bit to be desired. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's much better at catching than throwing. He's such a good wide receiver, it does not matter at all. But no. really cool to just see those guys like hang out, get together, and be the ballpark. And he's an Ohio State guy for you. Go Bucks, baby. Go Buckeyes. Be there soon. How about Cookie on the mound? Cookie, Cookie looked, looked great. This was a really, really important and good start from Cookie. Two weeks ago, you guys yelled at me. Yelled. I said after the Cleveland series, I tweeted it. I said it on this show, like I saw a lot of good things. I we think, both did. We yeah, were like, I think he could be okay. I think we. I think I texted you. I was like, I kind of think he pitched well. Yeah, and it was just it was just a weird uh, that one home run, the first inning, and people forgot after like three and a half bad starts that he threw 150 innings last year with a 3.97 ERA and ERA estimators FIP and XFIT in the three fours and three fives, and he won 15 games. And he did that with a good slider, good changeup, and good command. And what do you do in this start? Good slider, good changeup, good command. Six innings, third straight start, we completed five. Only yep. threw 82 pitches, too. He said, funny tip after the game, they went into the locker room and went to the bathroom trying to hide from Buck. So he could come <laughs> back out for the seven. He's like, but he found me. <laughs> it's like, All right. He has to find him to make sure he has that's, to take him yeah, out. I, guess, yeah. I don't think Buck has to find Carl Scraps to take him out. But he tried to like go in the bathroom and, and time and just run back to the mound. I like that. I like yeah, that. But Shadow Cookie, a veteran trying to get back out there. And his fastball is a pitch that, again, I didn't mention it when I talked about him being good last year because that's the thing that gets hit the hardest yes. usually. Lowest stuff plus. It gets, it gets slugged down pretty heavily. But... He got that thing up to 95. That's big. Average velocity, 93 and a half. He was sitting 93, 94. That was a tick and a half up from his season-long average. It's huge. It's a huge deal. And again, the average exit velocity on that was still like 100 miles an hour. Like when they were getting it in the middle of the plate. Still a fastball. Yeah, it's still 94. And it was still getting hit. But he was still living on the edges with it. It was good. And something else I saw that was interesting. He threw basically only sinkers against righties and fastballs against lefties. Ooh. So an adjustment that he hasn't done that really much since he came back from the injury. So something we're going to keep an eye on, come back around. But... Amazing start from Cookie. Needed that. It's like just, you know, get that bridge, Sanga the Scherzer in this series, again, especially against Aaron Nola. Yeah. Who I jinxed him again. You did. Well done. Did it. On my right. fantasy team, glad to not get a lot <laughs> yeah, of points right? out of him. But just great. He went toe to toe Aaron Nola. And I was like, that was Philly's biggest advantage this series. And he just completely wiped it away. And the Mets, I feel like, have kind of, I mean, they didn't really like shell Nola, let's no, say. No, never do. But I feel like we've been able to beat Nola a lot recently. Like that, that stat last year about them and Wheeler, how they just couldn't beat us. Yeah. Even though they pitch well, they couldn't really beat well. us. It's part of being a better team than the Philadelphia Phillies. And it helps, too, when you got guys like Francisco Lindor playing shortstop every day and making just gorgeous play after gorgeous play yeah. that he did. The spinorama, Gary the loves. double play that the announcers got angry about. Like He was just all over the place making great plays all series long. I wonder if he addressed that, the Phillies, site, the Phillies announcer saying that. I, I didn't see anything or well, see anyone ask him about it. But it was game two. We were here for game three, so yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we I'm assuming that. they didn't because yes. everybody's friends in that kind of world, so I'm yeah, sure you don't, you don't want to show the other yeah, announcer. You don't, you don't take shots at your guys, but yeah, yeah Lindor making big plays and Marcana get, getting warm, getting oh, yeah. warm, starting to heat up. He owns the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't know if maybe John can get us the numbers of what he's been able to do against them recently, but... We got a couple here. I feel like he's just been crushing the ball, especially against the Phillies. 
John's right here at one point during the game on Wednesday. Canada had, I, was, I guess, after a second play the appearance. He had an yes. RBI in four straight play appearances against the Phillies. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. That's sick. I, I love remember, to hear that. So this goes back to last year. Yes. The August 21st game. Yep. Oh, yeah. Almost, oh, no, not the game of the year. The Mets had some other great wins, yeah. but this was one of them. Game probably of the second top half. Five. Yeah. Game of the second half. Down 7-4 in the seventh, three-run game-tying homer. Then the Phillies take the lead, top nine, David Robertson on the mound. Mm-hmm. He hits a homer to give the Mets the lead. Yeah. And then he hadn't played them because that was the last meeting last year. Doesn't play game one, hits the big home run, the big single, and then obviously what happened today, you guys will get to that. So four straight plate appearances, four home runs, including today's. All four either tied the game or gave the Mets the lead. Yeah. That's crazy. That's awesome. That's exactly what we need for Marquette at the bottom of the order. Like, he's been swinging the bat a lot better of late, too. Like, even not against the Phillies, he's just looked a lot better since the start of the season. Yeah. So these are all really encouraging signs moving forward because – you can just see when you have a deeper lineup, it makes it so much harder for the other team. He's got the OPS up to like almost 720 again, too, yeah. which is kind of a place that he sat for a lot of his career. Like he's just regressing back to the mean. Marky Cheerios. Yeah, exactly. An oatmeal, baby. And then that's what Carrasco has been to right now. That yeah. beautiful oatmeal just gets you right through the rotation, move along to the next day, helps you poop. That's all you need. Still and- rocking the savory oatmeal? Yeah, I do, I do the savory oatmeal sometimes. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, a little sriracha. Yeah. A couple Your of sister's here. You just said helps you poop. Oh, we, we could talk about poop. It's, it's I mean, family. I get that, but still, there's a lady in the room. What are you, 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 you don't want to hear from this guy. Yes. <laughs> John had talked about poop. Johnny Potty Mouth. But also, John mentioned David Robertson pitching for the Phillies last year. I want to shout out again the fact that the Phillies traded a marquee starting pitching prospect to acquire ben David Brown. Robertson, Ben Brown. He was the 15th prospect, dude. Come on. Yeah, sure. He'd be, right now, not even joking, the third best starting pitcher in the Phillies. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess if Andrew Painter technically doesn't exist. Well, yeah, he's not, he's yeah. not pitching right yeah. now. Yeah. Like right now on the Major League team, he... <laughs> in, they could use in, him desperately. In 50 minor league innings this year, Ben Brown is rocking a 37% strikeout rate. It's very good. Between double and triple A. He'll probably be up with the Cubs at some point this summer, and I'm sure he will be good because he has two different breaking balls and a really good fastball, but that was their 15th overall prospect <laughs> to trade for David Robertson. Don't let LMB Pipeline get hot. David Robertson, though, has been so good for the Mets. Incredible good for the Mets. See, there was a great tweet from uh, One Shining Mets that said that. And we, again, we're on this podcast. We we love relievers. I love relievers. We like strikeouts more than we like ERA, of course, more predictive. But (laughs) through through the first 24 innings of the season, Robertson has a lower whip and ERA than Edwin Diaz last year. Mind blowing. That's pretty crazy. It's it's, it's insane. We're talking about a guy who. Many less strikeouts for sure and, and walks, but. It's crazy. A guy who statistically might have had the best season ever, ever. reliever has had. Yes. And David Robertson's technically putting up like just as much yeah. value. He's given up runs less frequently and base runners less frequently through like their first like third of their season. <laughs> oh, that's, Isn't that nuts? That's absolutely it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Gary Keith and Ron Ron point for this game too. They were uh, absolutely, absolutely money. Uh Gary and Keith were talking about uh home runs and just about like different stats and Keith brought up like, oh, I thought Dave Kingman would have owed that stat. And Gary just went, nah, Dave Kingman loved hitting home runs down seven in the eighth <laughs> inning. And Keith is like, that doesn't feel like a real true story. He's like, she's an angry kid, man. <laughs> like, we saw some bad teams in the 70s with those Mets. So I, when, the, when the three guys are together, it's when, great. They, when they're cooking like that, they really are by far the best broadcast booth. Even when they're not, they still are. But mm-hmm. when, they're, when they're vibing like that, it makes the game even more fun to watch. But like we always say, when it's just Gary and Keith. Get wacky. Yeah, get a little, get get a little, little wacky. Wacky Have hours. a little fun, yeah. And they were, they were having fun again on Wednesday night. That brings us to Thursday. A nice matinee in the ballpark. Oh, Probably yeah. the nicest like day weather-wise we've had at City Field all year. Nicest day of 2023. Yeah, 85 degrees, sunny. The ballpark was packed for a day game. It was, it was packed. It was. It was packed. Yeah, it was. It was it a was great, great vibe for the game. And got off a little rocky start. 
Like, so he's got a couple early and some 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 stuff going on the base paths. But after that happened, and that was also that was, that was mostly poppycock. Yeah. Max Scherzer completely locked in for now. What is the fourth start in a row? Seven innings, nine strikeouts, completely in control. Yeah. If you missed the first inning, you probably would have been upset because you would have been like two nothing again. Here we go again. Whatever the narrative is that you want to push. But Scherzer gave up like one real hit to Trey Turner. Then it was a bad throw by Alvarez that ended up scoring a run on a double steal, uh, and then a sack fly. And it was like nobody really hit the ball hard against Scherzer. There was no real worry ever at any point. And like you said, seven innings, nine Ks, just totally locked in, totally in control. That's the Max Scherzer we're used to. Canna said after the game, he's like, Max Scherzer, like this, this is what we expect from our guy every day. Yeah, and I mean, exactly. Like, why not? And the big thing with Scherzer, again, this game, and saying it for a few stars now, his fastball has been ridiculously electric. 96. To, yeah, got to 96 today, which... That's a far cry from where we were about a month and a half ago with Max Scherzer. But again, you look back at the way the season has gone, and it was just kind of hard for him to get going. Yeah. Because he did have some nagging stuff coming out of spring training. Then he had the suspension that kind of lingered on after that. It was like, okay, like he hasn't really gotten into the groove yet. Now he's in the groove. That fastball got to 96. He got 15 whiffs on Thursday afternoon. Most he's had in one pitch on a start. Uh, most whiffs he's had on one pitch and a start all Wait, that was year. just on the fastball? That was just on the fastball. Yeesh. 15 whiffs on the fastball. That's disgusting. It's insane, yeah. yeah. And like he's not even like throwing it high in the zone like like the crazy like the Spencer Strider fastball. He's just throwing edges low, finding his spots where they are. The command was great. And then he just like evenly mixed all the off-speeds around it. Like he's... Like he's becoming like a new iteration of a pitcher. It's amazing to see like how impressive this Hall of Famer is, like changing his entire game on the fly, like in a season. Yeah. In his last four games, he has a 1.08 ERA and seven innings pitched in consecutive games, which I mean, if the Cows didn't burst against Cleveland, we're probably talking about three straight in a row. Yeah. He's really, really just gotten sharp, bared down, whatever the cool cliches that you want to use are that we talk about in baseball, but Scherzer has looked completely back yeah and a big reason that we don't like to really discuss era that much is because it kind of just it kind of gets kind of skewed by like the small sample size when it starts and really just says what the guy's done and doesn't have any predictive value for what the guy's going to do after the detroit start max Scherzer's era sat 5.56 right now it's down to 3.21 it's like one of the best eras in baseball yes league average right now is almost four six so he's significantly <laughs> better than league average already yeah he's uh he's really starting to figure stuff out. And when he's pitching like that, he got a nice standing ovation too from the crowd coming off the field. Deservedly. Deservedly. I we were hanging out in the Coca-Cola corner and yes. I stood up out of my yeah. seat. I was like, I gotta make sure he pitched well. And he gave a lot of credit after this game to Francisco Alvarez. I mean, the dude's a great catcher. Yes, he's an amazing catcher. Max Scherzer with heavy praise Francisco Alvarez. Tweet from Tim Healy. He just has instincts. You can never teach instincts. You either have it or you don't. He's got the it factor to him. He's got a good head in his shoulders, too, being a young kid and wanting to learn. Well, there was, I don't know if we talked about this last episode, but they were saying that Scherzer goes to Alvarez and wants to hear what he has to say about his pitching, what he thinks he should change, think about like his game plan, what the decision-making should be. He's like, I very much value the opinion of this kid. And can you imagine being Francisco Alvarez? 21 years old. 21 years old. Uh, how many catchers, James, have been like him in the none. last 30 years? Zero. Zero, that's right. Okay, just none, making sure just we get none. that in there for yeah, this episode. Every now. But uh, imagine Max Scherzer, Hall of Fame pitcher. Guys won multiple Cy Youngs. Come up to you, be like, hey, what do you, th what do you think I can change? In a World Series, yeah. What do you, what do you think I'm doing? I could do differently. That helps. And you're like, me? <laughs> like when, when you were my age, I was like three. Yeah. I wasn't even born necessarily. <laughs> when, he, when he started pitching professionally, Francisco Alvarez probably couldn't speak. Yeah, or no, walk. probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. He was a little, little young, crawling. It's, it's incredible that whatever the scouting report was by the dummies who said about Francisco Alvarez and his catching. I mean, just uh, so wrong. And in a series where he doesn't do, like, uh, Herculean things with the bat, like he's done the last yeah, multiple he was series. He was human. He was a regular, like, regular baseball player this series. 
and he's like he's getting all these props for his work behind the plate. Yeah, I mean, uh, in this game, I know we were at the stadium, so we couldn't see it, but shout out my dad. He was texting me. Kyle Schwarber got rung up on a strike three call from Brooks Raley in the ninth that he was upset about. Should have been tossed. He doesn't respect the game. That's fine. Never say sorry. No, never. But <laughs> my dad was like, oh, that pitch was like four to six inches off the plate. <laughs> Alvarez did an incredible job framing it. Completely stole that strike. And that's in that scenario, that's when framing does become really, really important. When you can yeah. seal a strike there against a big power hitter with a man on base. He yes. was a tying run. Yes. It's huge. Changed the outcome of that inning. Yeah, it could, could potentially change the outcome of the game. Amazing thing to watch Francisco Alvarez develop. And kind of just go back in this game. The only reason he had to leave, Marcana, big home run. Dude, big June. Yeah. June's going to be a big month for Marcana. Loves June. Loves June, and he's getting hot at the right time. John's got a good stat here. He even put good stats, so we know we have to read <laughs> this one. Canna has 11 RBIs in his last three games versus the Phillies, tied for the most by any Mets player in any three-game span versus Philadelphia in Mets history. That is a good that. stat. I should have said it before, honestly. It kind of tied, but how about the next one? The next one. The next one. Also, since May 9th, Alvarez two-home run game in Cincinnati. The eight and nine hitters in the Mets lineup have a 513 slugging percentage and 25 RBIs in a sample of 22 games. John even gave his own little personal opinion here. That's the definition of a deep lineup. And I, I agree. I'm it not is. wrong. You're not wrong. When you start, the Mets get on base among the best in Major League Baseball. So when you have guys that can hit in the bottom of the order, it's crazy what it does for run production. Could we also, could you find us now since the, the Tampa Bay Alvarez game? Yes. Where the Mets rank in the league in home runs, just raw home runs? Interesting. I bet that's like I bet they're like it's gotta like, be higher. It's gotta be top that, 10 May seventeenth, I think that top, game. I don't maybe it should at least be top. Yeah, it was May seventeenth. Yeah, yeah. Should at least be top half. I mean, I might be May sixteenth. It's no sixteenth. They lost. That was the Tuesday game. Okay, yeah, it's the great Wednesday, what right. you can do though when you get on base and hit home runs. Yes, it really just, just hitting home runs in general. Hitting home runs is fun. And this game, Brett Bathy maybe starting to like some signs of getting off the schneid a little bit. Three hard hit balls, hit a double off a lefty. Yes. Uh, that was Strom or so, though. Matt Strom. That was Strom, late in the game. So we were even talking, like, oh, maybe they'll get pitch hit for Oh, he didn't get pitch hit for This is weird. And then roped a double. Wait, it might have been Soto. I think you were right. I, I think, think it was Soto, I right? think it was Gregory yeah. Soto. But they do back-to-back lefties there. But And then Strong Marte moved him over the third <laughs> on a bunt. Then Mark Vietos hit a 113-mile-an-hour piss missile sack yeah. fly to Rocket. bring him in. Yeah, Rocket so of a ball. It's just kind of cool that you can you know put this together at the bottom of your batting order and get guys hitting the... Hitting the ball really, really hard. It's also nice to having like a, a legit power bat with some pop on the bench coming off yes. like that with Mark Vientos. Really cool. Got chance by the way. Twenty-one homers, Wait, and that is, is that? tied for the fifth most in baseball. Tied for the fifth most in baseball. Give me that. Twenty-one games. And, and what's the Mets' record since then? They're really winning good. a lot more. It's and crazy. starting pitching. It's all home, hard. home runs. Home runs win games. Good pitching wins games. Oh Playing good baseball. This is a good baseball oh, team. Man. We were telling you guys. Ten four in that span. Ten, Ten four, four in that span. Keep it going. God. It's just love, I love when they win games. No, this, I mean, this is a great series. You got to sweep. Good bullpenning again, too. Really, uh, Jeff Brigham, great clean inning. Oh, clean, beautifully clean inning. You don't inning. have the Brigham minute. What happened? No, he was, he, we don't need the Brigham minute anymore because everyone knows he's just good. It's true. Like, he's now, a high, he's now it, the, the, the prophecy is to realize he's a high-leverage reliever in the Mets bullpen. Yes, I saw it, and it happened. <laughs> I, this time last week, he led the, home, he led the Mets roster in strikeout rate. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't even fathom it, but just good. He's trusted now late in innings, late in games. Uh, Brooks Raley passed the ball to Drew Smith with a one-pitch save, the rare one-pitch yeah, save. Rare, rare one-pitch save, and we swept the Phillies. Yeah, 17-5 versus the Phillies since the start of last season. We so know we, we know we owned them last year, but it's just continued on that. They really only got hot and made their whole World Series run because of the schedule that we didn't play them the whole second half. Correct. Yeah, like we literally killed them in the beginning, and then we didn't exist, so then they got hot. Yeah, they, they played a good... Two weeks of baseball. Yeah, no, it was a great two weeks. It was great. Yeah. I'll take Phenomenal that, yeah. two weeks. I'll take, I'll take those two weeks at the end of this year for us, for sure. Yeah, right now, Mets, like you said before, eight-game home winning streak. Home run, 15 consecutive games. That's so many. Second longest streak in Mets history. <laughs> I love home runs. Where does this happen? I love home runs. <sighs> so much fun. For again, 
Speaking of home runs, total bases. Uh, we talked a lot about how great the kids played this series, though. Wasn't as much as many fireworks as we saw in Colorado. Yeah. So your boy won the estimate again. I think that pulled me back into a tie. I think with so. Mark, yeah, I believe so. John, you got anything fun for us this week? Yeah, usually we talk about this before, but didn't tell these guys anything. Nope, nothing. Really surprising. I kind of like it. John's been, John's been, yeah. John didn't show up last episode. In this episode, not giving us that much either. Great stats, though. All right, so here we go. <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This one, uh, I think we should do what I mentioned in the text group because this one is kind of a wide-ranging one. So we've documented it, we've talked about it many times. Has not happened yet. Pete Alonso is still tied with Lucas Duda. (laughs) <laughs> as much as I want him to, Lucas Duda will not be the forever home run king at City Field. <laughs> it won't, it's not going to happen. I've, I've resigned to that fact. Um, but it's, it's going to happen this weekend, right? Okay. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm sure you guys agree. I like Pete's home in this, in this weekend series in like Toronto. So I want to know, and, and the listeners at home, you guys chime in. And if anyone can nail it, we'll get you a signed baseball. Whoa. I think that's cool. Whoa. Because this one's tough. Okay. I'm in. You got to nail it. I don't want like within one. This isn't horseshoes, hand grenades, whatever that is. So this is a fun one. This is a fun one. How many pitches will Pete Alonso see before he hits his first home run in this series? Whoa. Uh, Okay. How many pitches will he see before he hits the first home run in this series? We got to think of like a Twitter graphic now so we can tweet this tomorrow. People can get back to us. That's really interesting. If you nail it, you nail it. How many pitches will he see? Who, what are the pitching matchups? Do we know? Yeah, well, I got of course right we here. know. I think Chris Bassett's pitched one of the games. We have Verlander versus Bassett, 7-10 on Friday. Bit of an ace-off. Okay. Old friend Chris Bassett coming back. So, Saturday, 4 in the afternoon, Tyler McGill versus Jose Barrios. Jose Barrios has been actually quite hot recently. Yeah. He's really kind of turned the corner again. And then Sunday matinee, Carlos Sanger versus Yusei Kikuchi. That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. That is a cool a one. A stepping stone series. A 7, a 4, and a 1. I'm now, a, for the sidebar... Are, are we doing are we doing preview right now? Or are we doing estimate? I mean, no, estimate, estimate. But he wanted to hear the matchups. Do I getting the preview? Should I go to? Should I throw a little preview for a second and then go back to estimate? <laughs> you know, what, Vito, flash <laughs> preview. Easy for you. Flash preview. <laughs> a preview. Oh, that's All right, I got goal. my number. You got your number? I have no. I mean, it's, I have, I have it's no nonsense. Yeah, We're playing yeah. darts here. Well, Actually, yeah. no. You know what? I want to look at Mark. I'm gonna say. Give some game theory. Yeah, I got my number. And we're talking a good autograph ball, by the way. If you nail this at home, good autograph ball. So, are you going to say what the ball is? Heard from John first. We can hold John, on. John's we can not hold making it to a good one, but I kind of wanted for the. Uh, John's not making any promises of who it could be. No, it's, yeah, I mean, we'll see who we can get our hands it's on. A mystery ball. Mystery it's ball. So one that we don't have yet, because the one Kirk we have, we have, a, we have a good video with it. Kirk New and Heist. It's not going to be unless you want one. If you request one, we'll try to make. I'm going to ask somebody from the graphics department to make a ball, a little graphic with a ball and a question mark. Ooh. Question mark. You guys are going to get a ball signed. By John and V, though. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Both of them on a ball. That would Pri- be one of one, though. Priceless. There aren't too many floating around. John and V, so. though. <laughs> Maybe right. sign microphones next time. You ready? Yes. All right. Three, two, one. Bang. I got seven. At 21. Seven. Wow, I think he's we gonna do- We both have multiples of seven? That's, that is interesting. That's weird. Uh, lucky number seven, the seven line. I went lucky 21. That would be his 21st home run as well. Wow. wow. I really like where you're at now. Uh, I'm screwed. <laughs> I'm done. I can't win this. Seven right. line, but you didn't do a diamond or a circle. That's interesting. 
Yeah. yeah. Come on. Come <laughs> <Yeah>. on. Square? <laughs> I'm drawing squares. Or... Square. I'm a square man. You're a square man. <laughs> square man. Mark's a square. You heard it here first. Yeah, I mean, I just I think he's going to do it in like the first two at-bats. Bassett's been giving up a lot of home runs this year. So I think I don't, I think, I don't know if that's true. No, he's got a 1.5 home run per nine this year. Okay, is that worse than last year, better than last that's, year? That's the highest of his career by pretty good margin, and I'm not counting 2016 where he threw 28 innings. Okay, interesting. So, this sounds like a preview. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, that yeah, well, was perfect time to bring it into the preview. Segue. Now you know what you're doing, Vito. So, as you guys know, we have the Blue Jays coming to town. I believe this is the second consecutive season we actually have the Blue Jays in town, unless I'm like just remembering 2021 in my head. Maybe. No, no, I'm pretty sure you're right. I think weirdly, you know how like we always say the same time of year. The Mets kind of killed Joe Girardi a little bit with the Phillies. Yeah. I think we killed Charlie Montoya last year. Don't I think that. two years ago. No, I think he got fired like pretty close to after playing the Mets last season. It was which, two years uh, ago. It was mid July, July 23rd, 4th, and 5th. That was, was two that years series? Ago? Yeah, the Mets. Yeah, yeah. that was Stephen Matt's return. Mm-hmm. It was two years really? ago. Oh my God! Yeah, right? it was that. It was that yeah. summer two years ago. Yeah. Wow, what a yeah. blur last yeah, it, year yeah, was. Friday, July twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth. Okay. Fireworks night was July twenty third. There you go. Yeah. Fireworks yeah. night. Johnny Pyro. Peter Alonso really? with two home runs that night. There you uh, go. Uh. Foreshadowing. <laughs> All right. This Blue Jays team, we they uh, this is this is gonna be an interesting sentence, and I think they are better than this team. But just the way they go into every single season, the way their lineup is regarded and the results they get from it, they are, to me, the American League Padres. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Pa- uh, well, and I think they're better. They're definitely better. I think they're better. They're definitely but better. But it's kind of the same concept where it's a, lot, it's a lot of popcorn muscles. It's a crazy good top of the order, a bottom of the order that a hit or miss depending on the day. What? You love that expression. Popcorn it's, muscles? I mean, it's true when you look at a baseball team. Like, who's like every year, it's like, who's the, who's the Blue Jays' sixth starter? We don't know. Yeah, Nate Pearson. I think yeah, he actually pitched kind of well. He's been pitching in relief yeah. a lot this year. And the bottom, like, top of the order is unbelievable. You get through, like, that top three. Springer, Bichette, Vlad. That's probably the best one, two, three. It's been put together almost the entire league. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fearful. Bo Bichette's having a ridiculous season. Vlad Guerrero, it's hard to get him out. George Springer's finally getting hot. Matt Chapman's also been amazing. He had kind of a downturn in May, but, like, the last two days, three days, he's been amazing. The second I took him out of all my fantasy baseball lineups. And then you get to the bottom, and like Dalton Varsho has been good, but also kind of been weird. That trade's also looking really interesting in retrospect now. <laughs> yeah, not like, looking look, great. Looking back, Gabby Moreno, as I call it, the contact machine. <laughs> and Lourdes Gurriel is playing out of his mind. Yeah, he's a beast. beast. And Whit Merrifield's like kind of doing the Whit Merrifield thing old school again, where he's making a lot of contact, stealing a ton of bags, but that's, that's kind of it. Pesky. Yeah, Pesky. Alejandro Kirk, one of my favorites, has not gotten off the schneid yet this year. He's had some good games recently, but whatever. And then Kevin Kiermaier's having the best season of his career, but yes. still, like, I think it's just kind of the randomness of a sample because we've only played, like, what? Seven, seven, he's also just never been healthy, game. so maybe this yeah. is, maybe he's healthy. I mean, you only just hit your prime at 33. No. Yeah, yeah but, but he is yeah. a physical specimen. Yeah, he is a physical specimen. And, and then, well, like, Brandon Bell hits him in the too. So, I mean, they got some guys on their bench I've legitimately never heard of. I've never heard of Nathan Lukes. Or Ernie Clement. That's Nathan Lukes. This is not but, a real person. Which is what I mean by popcorn muscles. Yeah. Yeah, and then the and <gasps> whoa, what? His last name is not pronounced Luke's; it's pronounced Lucas. Lucas. L u k e s. I kind of like that. All right, okay, a little and more respect. We're gonna miss Kevin Gaussman. He threw on Thursday, had his best start of the year. He passed Spencer Strider for the most games by any starting pitcher this year with at least more than ten strikeouts. 
he is like he is what we dream of Koda Sang becoming with like 98 mile an hour gas and just like he, yeah. he he's not the ghost fork. No one else has a ghost fork, but Splitter just completely falls off the table. And he's he's so good. He's so incredibly good. They got such a deal with him the two years ago in uh, free agency, but we're missing him and we're missing everybody's favorite un- underachieving starting pitcher, Alec Manoa. You would have loved to see him. Yeah, I would love to see him. I was really rallying against Alec yeah. Manoa in the offseason. I went like half viral telling Mark in a video that he stunk. I got so many Twitter replies by <laughs> Angry Blue Jays fans. Angry Blue Jays fans have never, ever fled my mentions before, so that was a fun afternoon strong, for me. They're a strong group of yeah, people. Yeah, they're, they're really passionate about their team. But it's an I, entire country. Yeah, that's true. I, they, they, they didn't want to hear that Alec Manoa sucked. Was not good. No. Even, even though he won, did you know he won 17 games last year? That's true. Yeah, and he had yeah. a good ERA, so that means he has to be yeah, good. No, but he's uh, not good. He not wasn't good. He hasn't been good this year. We're not going to see him anyway. But yeah, the whole, I don't know. It's, it's, it's top heavy. It's, it's, it's good. I don't know. And even like, even their bullpen is like pretty good, but it's kind of the same thing. Like Romano is generally great. The stuff's amazing. Yeah. He's gotten hit a little bit this year. Eric Swanson's probably been the best reliever. He was who they acquired from the Mariners for Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, Nate Pearson might be their Nate, best Nate, reliever. Nate Pearson has the best stuff in the ball. Yeah. He's like, he's just like, he has so much potential. They're like, we can't just commit to him being a reliever just yet. Everybody's uh, favorite submarine pitcher, Adam Simber, will yeah. be back in town. I know we have he's some fun. fun memories with him when he picked off Jonathan Fiar at third base. We've also had some fun memories of, you know, hitting Anthony Bass pretty hard when he was with the Marlins. We've definitely yeah. gotten to him a few times. Yeah, yeah, good to smack him around. Excited to hit Anthony Bass really hard this series. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, and uh, yeah, but I think Pearson is the guy who I'm gonna be like. That's the interesting, like, fun guy to watch. He just he was like the consensus number one pitching prospect in baseball like, for a three, while, three or four years ago. Throws hundred mile an hour gas, like high draft pick. He was high draft, right? He's high draft. Yeah, he was guy. a high draft pick. Yeah. I think he was like eighth or seventh overall. He got one of those demon sinkers that you guys know I love to talk about so much. But now I mean, fastball, fastball high in the zone, crazy slider, and he's been throwing a curveball a little bit too. And that pitch is really good. Correction, twenty eighth overall, but first round, yeah, out of College of Central Florida. Interesting. Ocala, UCF. I feel like they uh they college might, or you you know college college oh. of Central Florida. I think they might be the Osprey, the Osprey. I, yeah, just it's it's in my head somewhere. Child, I'm not sure. My sister goes to shore. The Osprey, but yeah, yeah I need Blue Jays popcorn muscles. Let's get the top of that order out. Let's play good baseball. Keep pitching well. <laughs> keep keep that bats moving. Keep hitting home runs. I mean that's truthfully what it is. Keep playing the baseball that we have been on this little win streak here. This little hot streak for the Mets and they can very much beat anybody. It's not like the Blue Jays are an unbeatable team. No, by no means. They, they do a very good top of the order. Very good. I think like Bobichet's probably going to do something crazy this series. Yeah, and, and Vlad Jr. Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't have tickets to come out to the park this weekend, mm. highly suggest it because you yeah. are going to watch some really, really good baseball and some really, really talented hitters. I I go against the the balance schedule all the time. This is a moment where it's pretty cool. Yeah, get to see we, yeah, Vlad Guerrero. We, we get some really cool young players in this ballpark that aren't haven't been here much in the past, and a lot of fans are going to get their first exposure to Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean these guys are are studs. They're stud, studs. As simple yeah. as that. Uh, I don't think we have anything else to talk about in the series. Just a couple of little uh, housekeeping notes for you guys. You might notice if you're watching the YouTube video. If not, go to the YouTube channel and go watch. What are you doing? Uh, but we have some some trinkets, some giveaways, some yeah. promotional items on the table for you guys. You saw Vito had the neon-inspired Pete Alonzo sunglasses that he's, he's currently putting on. So Those are being given away Sunday. Those are being given away Sunday. Saturday, we have Hall of Fame Induction Day, yes. which is going to be a great day for everyone out there. Hi, Rose. Gary Cohen. Al Leiter is going to be a part of it as well. I think Ron Darling, too, right? Howard Johnson. Howard Johnson. Ronnie's in. Oh, Ronnie's in. in. Yeah, okay. And then fireworks night on Friday, which Johnny Pyro over there can tell you all about the fireworks show. Also, New Balance uh, DJ night, which is going to be great great combination. Great first one of the uh, season, Friday night. Every every Friday night, DJ Sage. Oh, DJ Sage. Yeah, Friday's going to be a vibe at City Field. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow night. How do you spell that? 
<laughs> Without. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a really deep inside joke that's only funny Today's to us. a day of the week. That's my, <laughs> tomorrow's gonna be, could, tomorrow could be borderline why. Okay. Whoa. Could be. Whoa. All right. Whoa, that's, that's, I mean, not that's for me. News not for you guys me. at home. Watch out. But we're not hitting martini glass, you're saying. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> but if so, then I mean, Bark at the Park was a was a hit last night. It's always a, yeah. is. To twist John's arm. Twist, twist my arm. It's always down to have a good time. We yeah. also have uh, the Starling Marte Black Panther bobblehead that's going to be on June twenty sixth, Monday night against the Brewers. Nice, be a fun little game. Got to get revenge on that team. Yeah, we need to get revenge on them. They're not playing great baseball right now. Oh, wow, back to back good bobbleheads. I didn't realize this. Indiana Jones, Mr. Met, Tuesday night against the Brewers. I love this one. This one's so funny. <laughs> Trying to get you guys out there to watch the Brewers get beat by the Mets. Yeah. I mean, these are these bobbleheads are really cool. I know if you're listening, this really means nothing to you. Mrs. Met's really excited about this so one. So there's a whole, I don't know if you guys are fans of the show Barry, but there's a whole bit uh, about the podcasters. I won't spoil too much, but... I haven't watched the season yet. It's about, like, they review gadgets on a podcast, uh, and the guy's like, yeah, but, like... It's, it doesn't make any sense because it's audio. And he's like, well, you can watch the videos after. He's like, but I'm already wa- listening to the podcast. <laughs> Why would I do it? Anyway, uh, and then we have the co- corduroy hat, which, when is this one, Vito? I, I don't have the date on that. That's going to be Saturday, September 2nd wow. versus the Mariners. We'll say it's wow. really, this is like September 2nd? September 2nd. Wow, we got some time. Yeah, a lot of time. But this, this is genuinely such a cool hat. This is really cool. This feels yeah. right up your vibe. There. Yeah, I think I might just take this one. <laughs> Vibes with a Y. He won't. Uh, I promise. I promise the people that I borrowed oh. that hat from, he will not be taking. Oh, I didn't, okay. I didn't realize. That. I thought it was your hat. I was just telling no. Your these hat. are these oh. are on loan. I take it back. Vito would never do that. I take and it I back. Respect never. it. Thank no, yeah. He would never do that. Never. Com- company man. Company man. <laughs> <laughs> let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. I mean, it's gonna be a good weekend at the park. The Hall of Fame inductions. Got a fun team coming to town. And got another episode of the Messed Up Podcast coming Sunday. I won't be here. I'm going to be playing baseball against yeah. uh, the Burlington Sock Puppets. Our 200th episode, Mark is skipping it. If you guys are in North, the baseball game. If you're in North Carolina, come out Burlington, North Carolina, Sunday night. We'll be playing there. John, cancel the cake. <laughs> <laughs> cancel Dude, the cake. Too late. <laughs> no, I'm missing it. Well, I can't eat cake anyway. Yeah, so. no, I probably can't either. Yeah, they they <laughs> just a cake for themselves, I guess. Cake for John and Vito. Signed, signed cake knife, courtesy of John and Vito. <laughs> That's what you guys are getting if you guess the P. Alonzo pitches till the home run correct. Yes, but I'll we'll sign t- anything. I'll sign <laughs> anything. Oh, can't wait to take him up on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, can we set up a P.O. box and have John just sign anything yes, to cuss yeah. in? Wait, oh. I have two more quick little things to talk about. We had a friend from back home text us about John and Vito on the scoreboard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who, did you, who was the interview that went up on Tuesday night that was of you guys? Paul Gervais. Paul Gervais. Paul Gervais. Brooklyn Cyclones. Took reliever. a screenshot of you just completely not looking at the guy, looking off. He's like, <laughs> tell that guy to pay attention. Who, me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're looking in the distance. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on. I can imagine. There's yeah. a lot going on. First of all, there's baseballs flying our way. Oh, that is true. No, that anytime yeah. we're looking away at, yeah. a, at a baseball stadium, oh, yeah, it's because... Yeah, they're whizzing by our heads. We were, we were doing it during BP. Oh, that's yeah. a dangerous time. You were yeah. down the line too. I saw. Yeah, yeah, and it's a you know it's a it's, it's Maimonides, right? Maimonides, not MCU. Maimonides, my, yeah, my, Maimonides Parker. I, there's not a lot of no, not a lot. Of yeah, no, that, that's in your face. Quick. But yeah, I thought that was funny. He had no idea that like you know what? I part appreciate it, but there's the yeah. And then uh, shout out my boy Jackson, former editor, Blue Jays fan. He listens to every episode of our podcast Thanks, as Jackson. a Blue Jays fan. He sent me a really cool picture, which I'll send it to Vito. But this is what he works. On. He's like a steel Whoa. worker. And this lives is right, in Seattle? Lives in, no, in Toronto. Oh. That's right by the, what's the it needle. called? The, the needle. The oh, CN that's, Tower, that's is that views. what it's called? Yeah, it's views. Literally views from the six. Vito, I'll send you this. But uh, he listens to it, and this is where he listens to it. On, that's cool. On top of skyscrapers. Also, one more thing to shout out. Give out the Howie Rose bobblehead on, I believe that was Wednesday night. Yes. And shout out Josh Rosenman. Works, at, uh, works in production here. He 
made a really funny video the Mets put on their social media of they cut together Howie Rose throwing the first pitch and Pete Alonso hitting a walk-off home run. Yeah, no, that yeah. was that, that video is awesome. Never, never leave it up. No. So that's it for the episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. Follow us on all our social media at MetsUp, New York Mets YouTube channel. Listen to us, download, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Follow James on Twitter at James underscore Shiano. And me, Giraffe Neck Mark with a C. Thank you guys for listening and watching, and we'll catch you after the Blue Jays series, hopefully for some more wins. Peace. Peace out. See you guys next time.